0: So like we started flyering, so going door to door and like knocking on people's doors, giving them flyers. So we're tracking, you know, dates when they were fired, which areas of the neighborhood. So hopefully we'll just cover everything. And at that point, it's like Facebook, next door, Instagram, everyone will know who Newton is. And then hopefully when someone finds them, they'll give me a call.
1: Construction DoorCast episode 22, Chaos Ensues. In this episode we sit down with good friends Alice Young of Brick and Mortar Ventures and Jake Olson of Dato and have a full-on no-holds-barred talk about what happened to the contact boom we all expected, venture versus vulture capital and the whole tech startup world. The Dorks even tried hard to do their part as investment matchmaker and made a few shameless requests for money from Alice. Sadly, I don't think she took them seriously, so we won't be buying Dork Island anytime soon. We hope you enjoy
2: And we're live. That's right. We are live again here at the Construction Dorks, and I am excited for today. We've got a new topic. It's Level 2 Chaos, A Predictable Revolution Never Erupts. And, well, I'm going to have to say that I was the geek on this one. I was reading a book about Level 1 and Level 2 Chaos, and I'm going to try to give you a brief overview of that. But first... We're gonna introduce ourselves and introduce our drinks and introduce our guests for today because we've got some great people with us today. I- I'm I'm super excited. So I'm drinking Michter's bourbon right here, a small batch bourbon, but I've got it mixed into an old-fashioned right here that I have to say thank you, Jake Olson, because this was left here when we got together. That's right, in-person's happening again. It might be small, just like the small batch bourbon. But that's what I've got today. We'll get back to Jake in a second. Jonathan Marsh, what you got cooking today?
3: So I I just reached behind me and I have a Hakushu 12. Um, Again, thanks to Kevin Suhu uh, for sending me this down. I helped him a little bit on his porch and he helped me a little bit on, on having some decent whiskey to drink.
2: Awesome. Travis,
1: hey, you know, i over to you for drinks. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, um, I'm bringing back something I, I've had before whiskey acres. Um, but this time I got the rye. So the whiskey acres, um, anyone familiar with Northern Illinois university, DeKalb, Jake, I think you're familiar with that area. Um, there's it's farm, crafted, farm crafted whiskey is what they call it. Um, and, and I also mix it into a, an old fashioned. I, I like my old fashions with a little bit of rye. Get that little bit of spice in there. Trent. Awesome. Trent.
4: All right, and in honor of the topic of of VC and new frontiers, I've got the frontier
2: what?
4: whiskey rye of bullet. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: That's Shea ha-
1: boule to you. Chez boulet. There you go. Chez boulet. There <laughs> you the fancy go. stuff.
4: So it's a it's a pretty good little run of the mill rye. So you can find it on just about every shelf, and for the money, it's not too bad.
1: Oh, it's a good one. It's a good Walmart brand. Yeah. If I'm on Walmart. It's in my go-to
3: go to rye, or one of them <laughs> at least.
2: Awesome. Well, all right. Yeah, and it's one of my favorites. You can get it on every shelf. Jake Olson. How you doing, man?
5: Doing all right, Jeff. Doing all right. Feels like I just saw you.
2: <laughs> I think you might have.
5: <laughs> um, doing good. Uh yeah. I am Sticking It's like three o'clock here in California. So a little <laughs> early for the old fashioned, um, but so I'm sticking true to my roots. I drink a lot of Coors. I'm about quality, quantity over quality when I drink a uh, beer. So uh, um, I got like nine of them lined up here for the next hour. We'll be, we'll be good to go. Nine of them.
1: All right. It'll be a good show.
5: <laughs> By
2: about 515, we're going to we're going to get the real answer. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we're going to get the real answer on life's big questions from uh, Jake and Alice Leung welcome to the show it's great to have you with us tell us a little bit about where you're coming from what you're up to and and if you're drinking anything today.
0: Sure yeah um so I'm Alice I work for brick and mortar ventures we're a small team of five investing well a lot of people call us the construction tech VC just because a lot of our investments just tend to be you know the the I guess early startups working in construction tech but I think more broadly, we invest in the built world. So what that means is we invest in the construction process, which starts from design, pre-construction, construction, handover commissioning, and operations and maintenance. This is across all market verticals. So when people think construction, they oftentimes think only single family residential and commercial real estate. We we also invest in uh, oil and gas, civil infrastructure, mining. So it's really the process of building stuff. So if we you know colonize Mars, we're definitely investing in space construction tech or Mars construction tech, whatever, you know, the whatever tools that can help us build anything. Um, and yeah, I guess what I'm drinking is vitamin and water. I don't know if you could, oh, do I have to, put, oh, nope. Can't see.
1: Put it right in you front of your, your face. Put it you right in front of your face. There you go. <laughs> it now works. Now, that way the rest of the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You don't need to see my face. <laughs> and looking for our
2: new sponsor, Coca-Cola, which owns <laughs> Vitamin <laughs> right, Water. Right, right. <laughs> like,
0: maybe they should sponsor. It has, you know, nothing to do... Well, they probably build a ton of stuff, but no uh, conflicts of interest with right. anyone else on the show or That's relationships right. here. That <laughs> right. is
2: true. We, 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 we are pining for... Flaviar. <laughs> um, so not not to not to deter but uh, Alice you brought up a good thing cuz building ventures is a, is a fund that that invests in and brings a lot of the technology that all of us have been talking about using experiencing working for working with it's it so it's really cool and you were the pre- you were sort of one of the reasons behind why we did this episode so So everybody knows this is about kind of an article that came up, um, from Greg, Greg Santoro, who is on with us. I saw him in the, in the room there. Mm -hmm. And I I had the idea about, you know, there was all these predictions and Greg covered it and I'm going to let Jake and and Jonathan talk a little bit about that. But to give you an idea on on the geek out of the day for me on level one chaos versus level two chaos, I'm not going to try and take us down the rabbit hole, but level one chaos is pretty easy. That's like the weather right? We can build as much Doppler radar, as many things as we want to build, as many things to predict it. And the weather's still going to happen the way the weather was going to happen. And by the way, I I'm, I think construction technologists are better at predicting the world than, than meteorologists. So I'd say <laughs> we're doing a little better in our world, but hey, that's just me. And a level two chaos theory is something that the prediction itself can have an impact on the outcome of the event. So if you think sure. about like market forces and you're thinking about trying to you know create the greatest AI model ever around the market value of a barrel of oil tomorrow being a hundred dollars and today it's it's eighty dollars so you're going to want to invest. The minute you run that and then start investing, you change the price of that barrel and that barrel becomes a $100 that day. So literally how you react to the chaos itself inflects and infers on the chaos. And this has a huge impact in how we're looking at construction technology. That was a freaking mouthful. If I got it wrong, talk to my producer. (laughs) Jonathan, take it from there because it was your idea. It was Alice who we wanted to bring on and Jake yeah. and this all came together. So hopefully I did a good job of that.
3: No, you did a great job. So what you're basically saying is it's like Schrodinger's investment.
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs> right.
3: investment might be good, it might be bad. You won't know until you look. And when you look, you've affected it. You know, I mean right, it, right. Well, that's, that's a little the bit way about I thought the, of it when you explained that to me, Jeff. Yeah.
1: I thought about a, about a little bit about quantum physics too, right? Is that I'm the same same sort of it. thing?
3: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Observer changes reality. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I had read Greg's article and um, I had been thinking about this a lot too, but from a different angle, I think in my mind, and Alice, this is one where I'm going to ask you, I feel like this was sort of the first time as, as a large unit, investors started really looking at construction and saying, we're going to invest in technology. I don't think that they were drawing on a lot of history of investment. Mm -hmm. So, I I felt after reading Greg's article, like they had to try something brand new that they didn't know about. They didn't know how to predict and um, had thought the best and it, it didn't quite work out the way way they planned. And you know, I I was going to I'm going to going to tap you first Jake to talk a little bit about Greg's article and about sort of sort of being in that cuz cuz you're right in the middle of it, right? You're you're looking at all the contractors and going why am I not scaling the way I thought I would scale. And I I really don't think it's the products at all, just so you guys know my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually the contractor. I think we're a weird environment, a very weird environment for you guys to try to work in, but I would love to hear some of the reasons you think, you know, after reading Greg's article about, about why, why that boom didn't happen. And for anybody that doesn't know, um, Greg wrote a, a beautiful article that basically talked about how many people expected a boom and how that never really happened and, and drew some conclusions based on the data about how that all came together.
2: Before I let you go, Jake, everybody, it's in the chat if you want to use it for later and take a read. It was a great read. so We'll post it. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry to jump in there, Jake. So talk a little bit about it, man.
5: Yeah. uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, Greg Santoro is my co-founder here at Dato, and we're a construction tech startup. So to your point, we're kind of in the middle of this. And I think, you know, I think... There's a couple key parts of this article that I love. And one of them is this, I think it's easy to look at other industries that have gone through digitization and how quick that can scale and how fast digital solutions can catch fire and scale and say, oh, you know, construction's next. I mean, that's it. You know, I will will throw up if anybody tries to show me this McKinsey graph about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I would too. Yeah,
5: Yeah, yeah. I should have made that (laughs) Um, my background. Right, yeah. Uh, the I, I don't know. Brett Young and I made shirts. About yeah, I my... got a shirt one. Yeah, but um, but the reality is, and and those of you who are really close to it know this, that we, I mean, we're in an industry that's super fragmented, and all of the kind of the market dynamics that drive digitization in other industries, the scalability, how quick you can find virality, it just doesn't apply. <laughs> when you've got local jurisdictions and different building codes and I got to deal with seismic over here and I got to deal with fire and wind over here. I mean, I can't just do one prefab design and ship it everywhere. I can't just do one um, architectural cladding and assume that's gonna work for hurricanes in Miami and then snow in Denver. I mean, so not only do we have, you know, disparate geographical conditions that force us to really have to compartmentalize our building, like you can't just, doesn't scale that in the fact that we are uh, such a spread out and such unique it, it the industries or the, the uh, companies who play in this industry are also completely broken up right I mean you here in the Bay Area the, you know there's contractors that do work in San Francisco they don't do work in Oakland, because they don't have the relate I mean that's you know, five miles away Alice you know this like they can't because they don't have the relationships and the building department and the codes and everything's different. So there just isn't this inherent digital virality that I think other industries have got to benefit from. So, you know, if you create the best restaurant review app or the best way to order a taxi online or whatever, boom, scale, virality. And I think, you know, in 2013 and 14, when other companies were seeing that like hockey stick, everybody said, okay, where's next, where's next? And construction tech kind of started picking up, especially after the 2008, 9, 10 boom. I always call that the the really the birth of real BIM, and you know BIM has been born like twenty times in the last. But I, I think that in my life, the 2010-11 is when BIM became real because all of a sudden schedules slowed down and we had money. Um, we we had to be really efficient and we had time to plan things, so we started using BIM at the MEP level, especially. So people saw that they saw the digitization they saw the tools and they said okay constructions next we just saw Uber we saw Airbnb we saw this construction next. And I think the Alice you can speak to this piece but I think the investment trends kind of followed that, and the money started pouring into we don't want to miss out. And we kind of forgot about the fact that at the end of the day, we need user adoption. And all of the, all the virality metrics that you can apply from other industries like Airbnb or whatever, you can't just pull those over and say, if this works for uh, WebCore in San Francisco, clearly um, Clark or, or Mortensen or somebody else is going to pick that up. You know, this will just start scaling and everybody's going to talk to each other. It doesn't work that way in construction. It's a very slow, and this is, you know, Greg's, you know, Greg's article was very good. It's like, it's a slow, steady improvement. Yeah. And we're going to continue to have that. But I think in the, in the midst, you're going to see a lot of flash in the pan um, startups that come and go because they're not ready for that long. kind. Of, you have to have patient capital and a, you know, a patient team that can ride out that slow growth. It's not right. hockey.
4: You need customer okay. influence in every, in every region, yep. right, Jake? Right. I mean, it doesn't yeah. work like the rest of the world where we, you said Coca-Cola earlier or whatever. It's like, well, Coca-Cola did it. Well, that proves it to everybody in that realm. Right, anyone who makes beverages or whatever now knows that 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 works. Right. But in construction, you need a customer. You know, your proof of concept in San Francisco doesn't sell it to Travis in Chicago, right? I mean, it, you have to have that guy in every region. So, so it's slower, but not
5: impossible, right? So. so yeah, I mean, it's grow. Like, we've all watched it improve and grow, and these tools become adopted. But it isn't like. So even within your own companies, right? Trying to like, you put something on one project that might work. That's a good but that point. doesn't mean that the next PM is going to pick it up or the next, right. you know, super is going to be like, oh, you know, we heard that worked over on hospital. We're going to pull it into this data center build. Like it doesn't, yep. even in your own company, it doesn't go yeah. viral. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, but I mean, let's, let's, let's pivot this for a second because. It doesn't go viral necessarily, but that you you mentioned there's not a lack of the investment. And Alice, you come from that side, and so there's got to be a reason that building ventures and you personally, you know, taking up a role in this, are seeing that yeah, there might be a difference, but it's worth investing. And in that the case, and what's your perspective on that, Alice? You can, you can, you can correct can them who well you went well, for. Yeah, it. I say, <laughs> right. I was gonna say. I'm gonna
0: correct. Uh, with brick and mortar ventures, brick and
2: mortar ventures. Why did I, I'm sorry. But we
0: love, we love the building. Sorry. Ventures. We are co-investors. So like, we actually need more investors in this space. So we work with everyone. Like we work with them, shadow builders, VC, everyone, but just to clarify brick and mortar <laughs> ventures, um, started by Darren Bechtel. Uh, and I, and I think it may be worth telling a little bit of the story behind why we exist.
5: Definitely. Um, Definitely. but
0: first yeah. Jake, you articulated that like so beautifully. I'm, I'm going to like take that clip and send it to other investors that don't know anything about construction. <laughs> it's like, Hey, this is why our space is hard and you can't just, and I, I hate- Make sure you on highlight Katera. the patient
1: part. I think that's, yeah. that's yeah, a yeah, big yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I hate bashing on Katerra because like, in a sense, they brought a lot of really good eyeballs on construction tech but they are not a construction technology company they're not a con- they're not a technology company they were oh, kind of just a acquisition machine that just bought up a yep. ton of people in the supply train supply chain trying to force them all together in a very short amount of time and i think that's the the challenge with them but you know they brought a lot of eyeballs in the space so i would say you know when you look at you know the expected you know hockey stick for construction tech investment i think Katerra kind of skewed it and made it seem like there was a lot more money coming into the space because they raised like hundreds of millions of dollars from SoftBank and you know, that that in itself is like another whole other conversation. <laughs> we work in Katerra, we'll table that for the next <laughs> <Right>. time. Next <laughs>
2: podcast. Yeah, go. the
0: next podcast. But, um, so I say like, it's worth talking a little bit about kind of the founding story behind Brick and Mortar because I feel like we kind of grew up alongside construction tech and even personally in my career. um, So I used to work at DPR construction before joining brick and mortar and I joined, technically joined the industry in 2011, right? And Jake, you mentioned, you know when BIM kind of started becoming a thing I was really fortunate that my first job was UCSF and you you were working on that job too. It was probably one of the most innovative jobs ever. And like, even in my personal career, like I've seen technology adoption up and down up and down you know depending on what project it is even if you're in the bay area completely different kind of setup and you know back in the day there were only a handful of construction technology startups brick and mortar ventures was founded in 2015 with you know after Darren had made a ton of angel investments in not just construction tech just like any type of technology and when he looked back on you know his investments he, he's like, oh, these construction tech startups are actually doing very well at this time. So he was the first, or he was the largest investor in PlanGrid um, that had, you know, the big exit. So he's kind of seen, you know, and, and he grew up around the family business, so he knows construction. And that's why he founded Brick and Mortar Ventures, thinking that, hey, you know, we're seeing this trend of more construction technology startups. We want to help put money into that space. and. The best way to do it, because construction is so nuanced compared to so many other industries, it's not just you know, FinTech or consumer tech, You know, Darren brought together a team of people with industry experience so that we can understand those nuances and try to help companies scale across different market verticals. So that you can kind of build a little bit more versatile of a technology to help scale. Um, and, when we existed, I think, or when Brigitte Mort Ventures was founded, I think there was only one other kind of construction related, AEC related, that was Borealis Ventures, which is since rebranded to building ventures, but they focus a lot more on design. So they were more design. I think we were more construction. Um, now there's a handful of us all investing in construction tech, but frankly, we're all still kind of focused on that space. We're starting to see, more and more generalist investors like Menlo, Greylock Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wanting to Mm -hmm. invest in the space. Um, So I think we, now is actually that tipping point where we'll hopefully see that kind of hockey stick growth because there's been, you know a couple more exits in the space. So there was AConnects getting acquired by Oracle, Procore getting valued at, you know I think the latest was like 5 billion or something like that. So with all of these like fairly high valuations, I think the other generalist investors are like, oh, like we need to start paying attention there. Um, So I think we're now at that point and, you know, McKinsey's done a really great job at helping, you know, as much as, you know, we may or may not like all of the graphs. (laughs) Careful. (laughs) (laughs) They've done a really great job at, um, you know, pushing the digitization on a very high level. And also just a lot of really great, you know, reporting and stuff like that for people who are unfamiliar with construction. So I I do have to credit McKinsey for like helping spread the word. And we're also seeing a lot more corporate venture capital. So Haskell had set up Disrupt Tech, DPR set up WND Ventures, Suffolk has a a corporate venture group. There's a lot of Japanese conglomerates that do equipment and construction that are setting up CVCs here in the US. Um, So we're seeing, you know, both, generalist investors who I like to call greedy VCs <laughs> because we are pure financial returns. That's how we invest. And then there's the corporate venture capital groups that may look at it from a strategic investment as well as from a kind of financial returns perspective.
1: Yeah, um, so I would like to kind of piggyback on that In. in- you know, for anybody that doesn't know my full background, like I, I, I worked with a startup company outside of construction. So I'm a, fil- I'm a little bit familiar with, with raising capital and, in runways and worrying about all that kind of stuff that Jake's working about right now. <clears throat> but I would like Jake, you know, think of yourself as a superhero, you know, give us a little bit of your origin story. Um, you don't have to go all the way through all the stuff you did, but I, I think that in Alice, I want you to kind of, um, now that you're talking about like corporate investments and stuff, T- tell us how common it is you know Jake Jake give us your origin story with with, with what you're doing with SBC and um, and then Alice maybe kind of follow up on that on, on what you're seeing is that is that more and more of a trend
5: Yeah um, I, my origin story uh, Travis when I started in kindergarten I how how many, how many... I I I was just listening to some other guy the other day. He's like, you know, I used to build Legos, and therefore I like that seems to be the story of every single person who got in construction. Right, right, right. But um, anyway, you know, I started life as a structural engineer and did that for a while, and got that's where you know you when you get into the right part of the industry, you kind of fall in love with it, you can't get out of it. And I worked on a lot of projects, so I worked on you know like consulting for failure analysis, that type of stuff. But which, by the way. If you really want to learn construction, get on the failure side of things, and you learn construction claims, expert witnessing, when you know when shit goes wrong type of stuff. That you guys all know this. Like that's when you learn. You know when shit goes right, you don't <laughs> learn anything. It's like when shit goes wrong, but. Um, <laughs> But our origin story at Dato started really as an experiment or a research project. And I'm going to explain why I think patient capital is really important in this space. But, you know, this was pretty unique. So 20 years, I'm doing construction, all types of stuff, uh, structural. uh, I got into software early on, fastener design. And then I had this pause uh, in the beginning of 2018 where my... um, At the time I'd had a company I sold to DeWalt and then DeWalt was looking to get, or Stanley Black & Decker is the parent company, get more into um, innovation. How do we disrupt ourselves type of stuff? And like a lot of these corporate companies are, I think, Alice, you can comment on this. So how do you do that? Well, the, the best thing you can do is get out of your own way and that's really hard to do because big corporations know everything right <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they actually were, were very restrained and they hired a company uh down in in um, redwood city bay area and said here here's a couple people that are fairly innovative and then one knucklehead jake we're going to throw in there as well and take these people and we want you to run a kind of a research experiment and we're we'll going to give you three months and we'll fund this and no, you know, we're not going to tell you what to build. We're not going to, and this, I think, was the brilliance of the whole system. You know, go in there without a, without a product, without an idea, but go in there with simply a research mindset. And we did. We spent, you know, almost four months just researching. And Greg was with me. And that's where he's got such deep insights on this as well. But, you know, we went and we'd sit with a foreman and, and not say, hey, what do you think about this cool BIM tool or this scheduling app and all this and that? We'd say, what keeps you up at night? What's your day look like? What are the biggest challenges you have to, you know, to meet your deadlines or get your job done or what, why, you know, why are you having trouble? And man, I'll tell you guys, this blew my mind just from, you know, when you really listen to that, that feedback and they're not asking for BIM automation. They're not asking for, um, a better, uh, VR experience, (laughs) like and uh, I mean, that's where we really, I think, got grounded in what's really going on in construction. And, you know, you guys have heard me talk about this before, but there's all, we have this layer of construction tech, which is flashy and sexy, and we could sell it to the owner. And then you like just peel back the onion a little bit, and you get to what's really going on, which is kind of this digital overload, people who can't keep up with all the new technology, a workforce who's not ready for VR <laughs> classes like can you just tell me where these freaking sleeves go in here before we pour concrete this afternoon like simple questions like that that you know those are hundred thousand dollars questions if you don't get them right and you know you can put all the <laughs> lasers in the world you're not going to solve that just you know did the did the structural column move or not yes or no <laughs> um so we got to the end of this incubation uh we you know this four months and um Then we spun out Beto as a separate company. And, you know, the way this was set up, Stanley Black & Decker was the first investor. And they were able to basically invest in a patient, have some, you know, patient capital for us to get this thing off the ground and continue to research that. But, I mean, what other startups really have a dedicated four months and a team to go out and really ask the, you know, find the, um, uh, you know, don't be a nail or a hammer looking for a nail. Make sure you understand, like... (laughs) what's the nail, like what needs to get fixed before you start building the product. And um, I think that's what, is what we did right. You know, we've done a lot of stuff wrong as well but I think that founding of how we spun the company out and, and um, that partnership with corporate venture uh, worked really well to get us off the ground and get us to where we're at today. I don't know where the, um, I know there's, you know, challenges from a VC side of dealing with corporate venture but um, you know, for, for my side, it was a very good um, founding story. Alice. So,
2: yeah, I want to spin that to Alice's take because uh, that, you know, that's Jake's origin story, but you guys are looking, Alice, for, for particular things in the, not necessarily just in the origin story. And I, and I think if I understand brick and mortar correctly, you know, you're looking at both technology and people as part of that process. What does it look to you guys as you're looking for maybe those that didn't come out of the, that, that type of incubator?
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, we talked to a lot of founders who are not from construction. And one of the things we asked is, have you ever been on a job site? (laughs) Like, hands down, like, you know, you could be the smartest computer vision person in the world, or you could be the, you know, best shot beer shotgun person in the world. Like, if you've never (laughs) Ah, been on a job site before, like, no way in hell, we're not giving you money. Like you, you need to two. be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You two gotta know, you know who you are building the technology for and also the environment, frankly, like, you know, Jake, you mentioned like there's all this, you know cool flashy stuff. And when I was at DPR, I fell for all the cool flashy stuff, right? Like VR headset, let me find some use cases. Like, you know, laser scan, point cloud data. Like, let me try to, you know, like I that was me. I was like, oh, give me all this stuff but you know at the end of the day like there's only a very very small sliver of construction that is going to be like that frankly a lot of people out there still using pen and paper and excel mm-hmm. spreadsheets yep. like i think that's something mm-hmm. that you know this probably this audience like i was unaware of that until i joined brick and mortar and started you know talking to these startups who are basically just building very simple tools because like literally the person is using paper to like track stuff right so i think construction we're still kind of you know there where like we're transitioning from paper, we're still transitioning from paper and Excel to some type of database today. And um, when it comes to like investing yeah. in stuff like that, you know, like that's why it's so key for anyone building technology for the spaces to understand like, hey, you know, a lot of the times you're going from, you know literally nothing to a database. And a lot of the times you're building for an environment where there is no Wi-Fi out there. Like if you need continuous cellular service, like that is not gonna work. Like that is a big no, no. Like there is no GPS, there's no Wi-Fi. There's also a shit ton of equipment moving around all the time. Mm, So if you're some type of, you know, laser or whatever type of sensor that like gets skewed once, you know, like a tractor drives by like, uh, no, that's not gonna work. And yeah, yeah, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no water. There's probably no power. So, you know, we talked about this in the pre-show, like, why is it so hard to track people on a construction site? Like, unless if you're, you know, bringing this gigantic, you know, power, you know, nuclear reactor or whatever to like power your, um, like any type of radar or whatever it is to like, you know, triangulate where people are like, that's not gonna happen. So we always say, you know, construction is a dynamic metallic GPS denied environment. And if you can't build tech for that, like, good (laughs) luck. Like a lot of people have been building tech for the office But I think where we actually need to focus is building tech for the field as well as the manufacturing side. Like if I see another project management tool, like (laughs) I make you like, it's, it's like, stop building the easy stuff. That's not the
1: problem. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, To, to follow up, to like, to give the contact crew a, a, a shout out. I mean, you, you bring it up, Alice, like the only other industry I can think of that works in, in worse conditions is the military. Right. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. Trent Trent and I can attest to that. Like I've been on job sites that had worse connectivity than I did when I was in the army.
4: Oh, Oh, actually more often than not. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and, and Jonathan, we've had conversations right around that same topic numerous times where, uh, you know, like people that you work with and, and, and John, well, all of us kind of get to show off some flashy tech every now and then. And people that reach out to John, people that reach out to us wanting to know more about that stuff. Like the one thing that that the salespeople at tech don't give these people is the kind of like the prerequisites. Like what, like what do you need to accomplish before that Mm -hmm. cool thing that. Right. Yeah,
1: that HoloLens is cool as hell, but you better show up two hours early on the job site to make it work.
4: Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't have a computer, but I want the HoloLens or, you know, it's like, but John, that's a real conversation we've had numerous times where it's like, it's like, I have to tell people like, well, you need to do A and B before we do C. Like, that's not uh, really how this works.
3: I, I thought it was hilarious. I was talking to, um, I was starting a startup that actually just got bought by a much bigger company, and and they're talking to me about. The, I was just talking to their sales staff, and I started. They started telling me about who they're selling to. And I'm like, none of those people can use your technology. Like this will last, you're a SaaS company, you're gonna sell that for one year and one year only because you sold it to the, the 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 boss and the boss doesn't realize that they don't have BIM, they don't have the right content, they don't have all these prerequisites that you're gonna need in order to execute on that. Which yeah. honestly, like Jake, I, I remember and I was working at Spader and I was with the MCA and you guys came in with the DeWalt and you told me about Alexa for construction And I instantly left that meeting and made sure I stuck with your guys right down to the bar. I was like, if I can make it to the bar with them, I will ask them all the questions. Cause I I was somewhat interested in the Alexa, but what was really compelling was for the first time somebody got up there and they said, this is the problem. This is the problem. This is the problem. This is the problem. And almost all of those problems, I said, hell yeah. And those are the ones that are killing me. And like you said, Trent, I'm, I think Trent me Travis we spend a lot of time on job sites with people that are ready for cutting edge like like we've kind of prepped them and they might be a little fatigued mm-hmm. but for the most part we we've been doing this for you know I mean when I was at Spader we had 5 years of prep before they really started having you know not stopping using paper it's not like 1 year it's like 5 years and I do have mm-hmm. clients that are like we want to be into this in 12 months and I'm like that is a really cool thing. Can I talk to your foreman? Can I talk to, your, um, can I talk to three of your journeymen and just find out where you're at? Because and, and Jake pointed it out. Because the people that are running the show really think that their baby is in great shape. They understand technology. And then the second those people aren't there and you're talking to the foreman, you're talking to the journeyman and everybody else, they're like, no, no, we, we, we have a notebook. Do you see this little notebook in my pocket? If I lose this, the entire job's going down the drain. Yeah, no and, joke. And and, yeah. and and that's the thing, but you you have to like if I look at the companies, you know, Alice, you said it's a small margin of companies that are ready for the high end of tech. Yeah. those companies are ready for something new. And there's this insane amount of companies that never started adopting and 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 aren't even necessarily ready to be followers. And I think one of the compelling parts of of, of what What Dato did is they looked for comp, they did. They tried to be something that you didn't have to have a lot of setup for. Like, you don't have to have a lot of tech stack to run what they're running. You have to have some. You do have to have some, and you have to have a phone. But it's not as bad where some of the stuff that I find most compelling and most fun, and I really want to see next week, you have to have BIM, you have to have reality capture, you have to have, you know, you have to have all those things running. So, I, I think it makes it really hard. Um, But I did want to ask one quick question and and then I'll, I'll, we we can get back on track. So do you two think if it takes construction a long time to get, to move, to be, to to show value in the investment, to get involved with products, I I wonder if you think it takes us a long time to pivot off of them too, because I can tell you, I go to a lot of contractors that are using AutoCAD, MEP from 2018. And... I will not be able to pry that out of their hands with all the money and technology in the world. So I, mean, I feel yeah, like if you have,
5: they're doing pretty uh-huh. good if they're
1: you in know 2018. That's, that's, <laughs> that's probably the average. Right, kudos that, to them. That's the problem. <laughs> that's
5: come. as bad as it is. Cutting it? No, no,
1: no. That's the, yeah. That's probably
3: the top of the curve, not the <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but do you think? I mean, you talked about having care, having you know, sort of patient capital. Do you think that after after showing that patience? payoff is that we don't pivot that fast um and that
5: we stick with with things or do you think that you're just teaching us how to pivot faster (laughs) i want to know here's the problem i see in this so i'll keep this short i've got right now customers that are literally i mean most of their work is pen and paper and and big contractors big trade contractors and the reason why it's so hard to change, Jonathan, is they're making money. Yeah. And yeah. like, who it am works. I to go in there and say, hey, you know, y- you better you better look out. You're going to go out of business or like, oh, you got to digitize. Like, oh, if you're not doing BIM, like these guys in right here in the Bay Area, I won't name any names, but one there's a huge mechanical contractor here that is one yeah. of the most backward shops you'll ever meet. And they win a ton of work and they make money. And whoever, you know, the owners are, you know, got their ski boats and cabins in Tahoe. And it's like, (laughs) dude, why? (laughs) Like, what are they going to listen to? Jake trying to tell them, like, hey, the future's coming, watch out. Or their accountants saying, hey, we just had record profits last quarter. (laughs) Like, Right, but, that, that's why I think is the reason I'm why- sorry, but they have a valid point.
2: they have boats and trucks and they could have islands and yachts. And that's, we step yes. over yes, dollars yes, yes. to pick up in pennies. We 2% do profit constantly. margin sucks. Yeah, yes. 2% uh, profit margin still. We talk about profit, razor thin
4: margins, but, but, but we put ourselves in those razor thin margins.
2: And we yeah. step in. Mean, yeah. But okay, Alice, you're shaking your head like you get this. And it just has to frustrate the hell out of you because that's your ROI, right? That's a return right. on your investments in the companies. They think and that the margin people is a using constant. of it, are yeah. are are stepping over pennies or dollars to pick up pennies.
0: Yeah, so I think this is where this is maybe this is where we get a little controversial. Okay. Um Uh-oh. us good. Um, so you look right. at so software companies, right? They have they could be up to 90% gross margins. Like that's mm. that is awesome. Yeah. Construction companies like what? Contract like GCs 2 to 6% maybe. Yep. MEP subs 10 to 20ish maybe. I don't know. Just yeah. rule of thumb, right?
5: <laughs> uh, All right. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> Depends on what time so. I'd still that. be doing it <laughs> you keep going above the line or bottom of the line. That's the question where the money is. <laughs> no, go buy a I boat. The,
0: yeah. The question is, how do we, how do we get our margins up? How do we get our margins up? And like, honestly, I'm like, you know what? Maybe the big guys are too, too hard to save. Like if you mm-hmm. look at, and, and I draw this, you know, like DPR, of my last company, like I mm-hmm. love them to death awesome company, great culture. They were founded 30 years ago. And when they were founded, they used the latest technology of that time. Like I'm thinking, you know, some of these large companies who cannot reinvent themselves, like we just need new companies. Like, I think that's the big challenge with construction Mm -hmm. is because we are a services based industry. Like you can't just do everything with technology. Like you have the relationships that you need. Construction is all based on relationships. You need the relationships. You need the tech board people. Like. If it's like some, you know, old owner of some company that's like, no, we're not using technology, buy me more boats, like, dude, if you're a high up exec quit and start a construction company, let us give you all the latest tech and you'll probably run those jobs a lot more efficiently with less people and you can increase your margins like so much more and out compete. I mean, like I'm saying this, like, it's really easy. I know it's really hard because it's really hard to start a construction company, but like, if it was my world and I had money to seed these companies, it's like, okay, let's just, you know, restart the, a brand new generation of construction contractors with the latest tech today. And I can guarantee you, the young people are gonna join you because, you know, people talk about, you know, construction labor shortage, but that's because we're doing things with pen and paper. No one graduating from college today or no one graduating from trade school wants to go work at a company that uses pen and paper like I don't know I'm like power to the young people and there are (laughs) old people that you know are very tech savvy and are very like a lot of old people that I worked with were super like supportive right old old cranky superintendents that are like oh my god this ipad is awesome like there are those two but I don't know that's my controversial or my hot take for for this
4: Hey, I'm in. You got me motivated. Yeah, yeah I was. Let's my my, my <laughs> question I'm hyper. then. Let's go start I, one.
5: Exactly. I heard Alice go. is putting in the seat capital, and the five of us are starting. Uh, hey, what what right yes. yes. <laughs> well,
1: and to my point, like I think the 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 six of us here, like so. What I keep hearing more and more lately is obviously we're a very risk adverse industry, right? In in For good reason, like safety, people getting hurt, buildings, you know, that, that, that part we, we need to really focus on, but it's also bled into the way we run our businesses. And and in the chat, I put in this book Mm -hmm. that I I keep referring to by, uh, Ismail, who did the X prize and stuff with Elon about exponential organizations. So is that Alice to, to your point, is that kind of why you're, you're, you're touting these new companies, right? New companies are willing to take risks that old companies are not. Um, that that's what I'm hearing. I, I don't really guess we won't have a question. That was more of my comment. It's like, I, I think that's where it all comes from because change is risk. You don't know how that change mm-hmm. is going to go out. You don't know how that technology is going to go out, but hell, I know that I can make 2% if I keep using pen and paper.
0: Yeah. Small companies can pivot a lot faster. So that's why, you know, startups yeah. are awesome. Like they can change course, you know, 10 times and mm-hmm. then find, you know, the best way to do something and then get that exponential growth. So like smaller companies. Yeah. And, and I definitely think that applies the same to construction.
1: That's a great point in the chat, Trent. Sorry.
5: I, I, I agree. Like, do people see this as a problem? Like we're all saying like increase your margins, increase your margins, but do the owners think they need to increase their margins. I'm not convinced they do. I don't I, think they, they don't think they can.
4: They think yeah. that's yeah. where I the industry is. The industry, yeah. that yeah. is the margin you get as a mechanical or electrical or or whatever you are. That's what you get, and you. That's what you work with. That's what they think. Honestly, I mean, it's crazy I can, too. Because
2: yeah. I, I, this was a while ago at a at a at an event in Las Vegas, and I I gave a speech, and then I was talking to to a, a husband and wife that run a very small construction company in South Carolina, and it was really funny because they walked up and they're like, "We know you're a consultant. We know you have a lot of technology." We have the stack that we want. And by the way, we make a 50% margin on what we do. And we're, you know, like $5 million company. We put away 2.5 ourselves every year. Nice. And we're not gonna change. We're staying right where we are. Okay. And we see a runway for, until our retirements we will pass it to our kids. Yep. We'll change our technology to continue to keep that margin, but that's the margin we're at. And please don't tell anybody else here that we're doing that. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. Oh please come on i'm like i can't name you i know but can, can you can, we it can be done though right and they're yeah, like how many oh.
1: hundreds of millions of dollars do a typical gc have to run to get that same that same profit oh my gosh yeah, yeah. Crazy. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. it's crazy it, it's 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 nuts okay but i'm gonna pivot us because i have a deep question that youtube brought up both alice and jake have alluded to this and And for me, as somebody who comes from outside the industry, but also like Travis has had an experience of the venture capital process and the way it works and acquisitions, et cetera. So, and I know we've got a lot of people listening that are in the tech space too. So at this next phase of growth, Alice, you alluded to this before, there are very different reasons behind venture capitalists. And, you know, we in the tech industry, like to refer to venture capitalism versus vulture capitalism. <laughs> and I really want to talk about how that investment and that maturation process and taking money, it's not just about the capital. It's about the, the organization as a whole, its vision and, its, and, and, and what its focus is. So I, I know it might be tough for you, Jake, but Alice, you probably work with a lot of teams that are going through that process. And how do you manage that? And if there's anybody listening, how do you talk to them about the differences in people's, what they're looking for in their investment in your company? Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't want this to be a sales pitch for brick and mortar, but hey, don't you right, guys want to work with us? No, no, that's fine. <laughs> no it's, it's, I mean, so. I think and we've had portfolio companies who have raised from the wrong types of investors. And, you know, when it comes down to it, it's like, you know, when you think of the, and I'm sure Jake, you felt this where, you know, you're running out of money. Life is really, really hard. Like the, I have so much respect for entrepreneurs. It's like, I don't even know if I'd be able to do it myself. Like these people are basically giving their lives to this company. And there are a lot of really, really challenging times where it's like, I'm running out of money next week, like, what do I do? How do I, you know, how do I pay my employees, right? Like, they're really, really, and this is probably for other construction businesses, like anyone who's running a business, like, you've probably felt this before in your life. And it's like, when you're raising for money from VCs, like, you have to think, if I am in that situation, will they be there for support? Mm-hmm. And I think that is, you know, the, the big kudos, and this is mostly for Darren, because he's been in this game for the longest, and he's, worked a lot with our portfolio companies where it's like really challenging times, he is able, he and and the team is able to be there to support, you know, in the deepest, darkest hours of these people's lives. And we know of other investors who it's like, well, too bad, like you deal with it, you're the CEO or you're the entrepreneur. So, you know, when you are, and, and this is like, you know probably the worst case scenario, right? That you can think of, but, you know, aside from that of course, it's like making sure that the investors that you're allowing, like as an entrepreneur, you should think of it like you are allowing these investors to invest in this space, especially if you're in construction tech, because this is such a hot market right now. Like there's so much private capital, like people are literally throwing money all over the place. Like there are so many startups in construction tech that I'm like, how did they get funding? Like, I don't understand, like, please help me, right? <laughs> but like, just saying there's a lot of money when you're taking money from these investors like they may even guide you in the wrong direction if they don't know anything about construction so yeah, definitely that's a like, great
1: point i i think jeff, jeff yeah. you, you alluded to it with our background like i don't think people in the tech side realize how much of a leadership role or a guidance role that the vc takes on and once they make it i mean it's not you have angel investors you have silent investors but for most part like you you're 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 also buying a service when you take their money
0: yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's how you should think of it. Like, you so are well. allowing <laughs> these people to invest in you. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. So Alice, is it, I was I was gonna ask you this, like, is that good or bad for you that this space is heating up? Does it, is like rising tide lifts all the boats or the or the noise becomes so much that your signal kind of gets drowned out?
0: Uh, I think overall it's good because like, even if there are, you know, three companies doing the same thing, like, I am a believer in competition. Like I think that, you know, as people compete, their product is only going be, gonna to be better and it's better for the industry overall. So I do think it's good for more money to come into the space. Mm. Of course, for us, you know, we want to make sure that we we put our money in the best ones, right? <laughs> so it, is, it does get a little bit more challenging. And I think, you know, with more money coming to the space, you do get better valuation or, well, I don't know if it's better, but higher valuations. So we've seen some companies that have like, million dollar in revenue and it's not recurring and they're like raising at like a hundred million dollar valuation and it's yeah. like mm, well, like how are you gonna like how are you gonna grow to be fair at,
1: math like, is hard
0: <laughs> 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 yeah i mean That's why. Imperial, we use imperial units we don't use metric here right. in the u.s so like math is really hard <laughs> so yeah i think it, it skews things a little bit but I think generally speaking, it's it's definitely good for, for mm-hmm. the industry as a whole. More money pouring in, more technologies, more hardware. It's okay for failures. Like we need failures as well because you get to learn from it. And, you know, mm-hmm. technology is just improving so quickly that when you're looking at sensor tech, like LiDARs are so much cheaper now. And there are more and more people developing cheap, highly accurate LiDAR that you could probably buy a scanner for, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks in a couple of years. So like, yeah, more people investing, cheaper tech is the goal. And just, you know, just take advantage of this VC subsidized startups, right? VCs are subsidizing these startups, like try those pilot projects for like, you know a couple thousand bucks when in reality, they're, they're you know, supposed to be tens of thousands of dollars because the VC is subsidizing, you know a lot of the, the man hours going into those projects.
5: Now, that's totally true. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do free pilots and all that type of stuff if we didn't have you know, investors that believe in the in the vision. That's totally true. That's a good call.
4: I feel like, I feel like we we're we're maybe playing like matchmaker here, huh, Jake? Let's <laughs> go, uh, you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look at that. I, either, All Bachelor
1: number one. Investment. Make your tr- make your pitch.
5: Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're looking for, Alice. Now, what were we talking? about? Oh, the- 100 million dollars. brick on- and mortar <laughs> team loves
0: Jake. The, you said something about a big valuation. So I'm, I'm going to put that out there. brick and mortar team loves Jake. We've had a really long relationship with Jake and we love Dato. So I'm going to just put that out there. All right. It's been a, it's
5: been a long relationship. I wanted to, like, <laughs> Alice, both you and I worked in Asia. I didn't realize that I was just uh, trolling you before this show. I didn't realize you worked in Asia as well. But I started a company in China a long time ago, but I had the, like there's this quote we used to say in China, which I think is like perfect for this space. So, you know, uh, uh, an American flies over to China and stays for a weekend, and they go home and they write a book about everything about China. Here's how it works. Here's everything. You might have heard this before, Ellis. When you were there. a uh, somebody flies over and they stay for a week, and they write a and they write a paper about here's how everything works. Here's here's how it works. They come over, they stay for a month and you know, they write a paragraph. Here's how things work in China. And if they stay for a year, they know better to say anything about China. <laughs> because, And I feel like a lot of people come into construction it's the same way. Like somebody like jumps in like a, you know venture capital firm like jumps in or some entrepreneur like came out of Stanford and said, oh, I saw the McKinsey graph. This is, you know, I'm gonna, here's how it's gonna work couple of lasers and uh, I'm going to write a book about construction. And then, you know, you have to find the, the people, both the investors and the, I think the entrepreneurs that have been there for a year and they know better than to say anything. They got to go and like do the hard work and ask their customers. But I feel like that's a little bit the um, like the noise that it's... I imagine it's hard for you to weed through because um, there's so many people that have written the book about construction right now and they don't know <laughs> what to do. I
3: think that's the Dunning-Kruger curve though, right? That's the, I'm an expert after two days. Oh crap, I'm not an expert. Crap, I suck. And then I I actually just uh, dealt with a client who had some great technology started it really had all those things and they hit the spot where it's going to be painful and by the way if you're out there investing in technology and you don't think it's going to be in painful for your contractor <laughs> wow are you wrong it's going to be like super freaking painful for a bit a bit and they were starting you know i mean what happens in the dunning-kruger curve for people that don't know when you get that tech you're like it can do anything i can yeah. do anything with this tech and then you're with it for a week and you're like well crap it doesn't do anything and, and you get no. depressed and then slowly you build back up to like normal I will tell you with every single contractor I've worked with, barring a few, and I'll say Benski doesn't work this way. So he gets an extra point. Bob gets a point today. Um, They have a tough time with the bottom of that curve. They get Mm -hmm. the technology. They think it's going to be awesome. They're all psyched. They start using it. When they hit the bottom of that curve, which is really learning how to actually use the technology, they bail. And that's what we're, that's, what's killing us is that bail at the bottom. And, and, you know, I mean, I think everybody you remember when we did covid and everybody you remember covid everybody remember covid and we were trying to flatten the curve <laughs> I, I feel like in technology we're trying to flatten the other curve we're trying right. to flatten the dunning-kruger that, that's curve That's a great point so that's a great People don't hit so far I, I like that John that's very, good it's great
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. flattening the I'm going to do a presentation in in the MCA tech here in a couple of weeks about kind of basically when to get off the horse because I think to Alice's point like we into what you're what you're alluding to is like there needs to be patience on both ends. Like it's not going to happen overnight.
3: The, the, um, I, I don't really actually like Elon Musk. I'll probably get hate mail for that, but he, <laughs> he, he's, he did an interview and I was watching the interview and they said, said, what's the biggest thing you, you think that has helped you up till now? And it was when he was young and he goes pain threshold. He says, I have a really, really good pain threshold. And I feel like that's what contractors need is we need to help them with their pain threshold. Cause there is this assumption that things are going to go well and, and, and they don't,
1: you know, I just install that new PM solution. Everything's going to be great.
3: Yeah. You right. know, that, yeah. that's an
4: interesting point to look at too, though, when we talk about those margins that they're used to. So there's, there's kind of that age old correlation between a contractor and and gambling, right? Like most, yep. most contractors are big time gamblers. It's true. I mean, just look at, but I oh, think yeah. that's because of the risk Reward relationship with a low margin, high volume industry. But, you know, maybe, maybe that gambler in them doesn't want it to be less risk, more reward. You know, I don't know. Right. It's kind of yeah. a weird, it's kind of a weird, uh, uh, like paradigm there. Or like you almost need to kind
2: of, <sighs> those are the ones who bet on a certain set of things, Trent, because statistically speaking, they get a return. It return might not be as high as say picking an individual number, say on a roulette wheel. But if you black versus red, yeah,
1: if you're gonna only play pocket aces every time and never go all in on a seven deuce, you're never gonna get the big payout. Right, but sometimes the
4: risk is their reward. Like they love that. Yeah, I you know. So tech may take all their risk away,
5: and, <laughs> you and, know.
4: I don't...
5: And DJ, to your I point, Jonathan, too. Like you know, DJ, you can add more comments, but you know, basically, like you, you know, you know that the schedule is unrealistic, the budget's mm-hmm. impossible. Like it's almost like, bravado. like but I got it, I got it, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I yeah. like, want that job at a, an unreasonable <laughs> terms. Well, there's I, some I truth
4: there for sure. There
2: is. I want to pivot us and take a crowd question here really quick, but Jonathan, I will say, you should stop talking bad about Elon because we're all about to get together from the construction dorks and take up our funding money and buy you Starlink. So you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be linked yeah. to that <laughs> And by the way, I will say, and this is a shout-out to my coworker, Josh Hogan, he installed Starlink and had your internet before, and I shared in our dork uh, Slack, the difference, it freaking works. It really, really mm-hmm. works and it's working now. So yeah. just, a, just a little, investors out there, Starlink's actually working.
0: Nice. So, so does Flaviar. Over- so, so, from- so does so Flaviar. <laughs> so I'm this now Starlink I'm-
1: and Flaviar, those are the only two yeah. have sponsors. Got it. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, but I'm pivoting us because I have two people that I think can really answer this and this comes from the crowd and I hope DJ and Travis, I can do this justice in really doing a quick- Other Travis. Other Travis, uh, <laughs> Travis the second. Um, I hope I can do a good justice of this, but sometimes tech companies have a have a tendency to pitch to the C suite, and we forget about the field, and and they feel as though the field voice is not heard, and the field is the seasoned builders in our industry, and they're the ones who really know how to build buildings, and those things are true. However, as someone who's had an experience on both sides, C suites buy field never has the budget to buy Mm -hmm. thus we have a conundrum i don't know jake if you want to take it or alice if you want to take it but ultimately thinking about that conundrum that does exist because both of them are true and all of it is true how do you handle that and how do you bridge that gap and and effectively sell your software but effectively have everybody be heard
5: go ahead alice I have some advice on this, by the way. So, you, you. yeah, that's definitely a hard
0: one. Um, I think here's, I, th- I think it, it definitely depends on the company, which makes it even more challenging, right? It's construction so fragmented. Like, do you sell to the PM? Do you sell to the superintendent? Do you sell to the C suite? Yeah. You have to figure out how to navigate that. And then this is particularly true for like, you know, the ER top 400 or whatever, right? Like, sometimes it's the IT budget. Sometimes there's an innovation budget. Sometimes you're going after the project budget. Um, I have seen instances where the superintendents have a lot of power and they stand up for the field where the superintendent will say, I will not build unless you give me X, Y, Z. So, uh, but but uh, but then again, that's just a one-off situation, right? Like, I don't know if every single contracting firm is going to be like that. So I actually don't have any advice. It's, it's just like maybe chatting with, Somebody at that company to figure out who actually makes the decisions, whether it is C-suite, project managers. Like I know project managers have a lot of, at least at DPR, project managers have a lot of power when it comes to what tech to implement for that particular project. Um, Any and superintendents as well. Um, so, like for that particular company, figure out you know who 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 can make that decision and go after those people. And I think for construction tech, the the challenging thing is. A lot of the sales are going to be project to project sales and you have to figure out like when to even get in on the project. Like, do you have to go in as early as, you know, when they're putting together the budget or during pre-con or could you still get in during construction?
5: I mean, I'll take it one step further. I think it's even more complicated because if this, a lot of times you guys have all seen this when it's an office, C-suite, anybody sitting behind the computer idea, sometimes that almost even makes it harder to get, like it's this, uh, you know, you get the the clash, the culture clash between the office and the field. You guys sit and click the mouse all day. So if you, you know, if you kind of approach the company the wrong way, you can even make it even more challenging to get into the field because, oh, mm-hmm. those idiots in the office want us to, you know, enter another piece of data into another stupid app. Like it, you almost, but, um, but if, you know, a lot of times, if you don't go through the office, there's no way it's going to get paid for. And so, I think it's not only just finding the stakeholders, but actually understanding the culture between their people are hanging pipe and the guys drawing, you know, drawing pipe. And that well, can hopefully, be
1: hopefully, Alice and Jake, people in your position don't underestimate the the the, the, the trends and in the me's of the world too. That like once we believe in a solution, like we become salesmen internally, right? Mm-hmm. And and to yeah. your point, like it's project to project, team to team. Constantly trying to resell the vision, you know. I've yeah. been, I I mentioned a couple through bad times. times. Yeah. yeah, through bad times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mentioned a couple times. I'm doing some leadership training, and in you know, inspiring a shared vision is one of the things that that we keep talking about. Is like, it's really hard to inspire a shared vision when, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll throw us out there a little bit. You know, we're we're you know, all told through the helm group, we're like a half a billion dollar company. Between the the different divisions, you know, each project is run like its own small company under that umbrella. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so not only am I, am I selling to, to corporate wide, I'm selling to each small company underneath that. I am, and I work for the company.
5: (laughs) Yeah. No, I'll tell you, our life's a lot easier when there is a Travis boss there. Um, But you know, a lot of companies, a lot (laughs) of companies don't have a Trent, have a Travis and that, or, you know, Marsh, when you were at Spade, like a lot of companies don't have that evangelist or haven't invested in that. You know, kind of the person who can bring that vision, and and it becomes a real. I mean, that's not easy. That, going back to why does why do we not have a hockey stick? I think this we're digging into some of the core, you know, challenges of rolling out tech in our. In
3: I had I had something weird happen today. Um, I was on another podcast. I did mention Dado, um, but <laughs> they they asked me like, what's what's a cool piece of tech that they could get today? And I said, um, well, I I have to for some of my. Some of my hobbies i have to count a lot of things i said did you know you can download an app where you take it take that take it out take a picture of it it'll count all the boards for you you that's know cool. all you have to do is <laughs> take it out take a picture it will count all the boards that are sitting there take it out take a picture it will count all the pipes and they're like how much is this and i'm like i think it's like 20 dollars a year yeah and that's <laughs> more level because if i'm a foreigner and i am pissed and don't want to count stuff there's 20 bucks i can spend it, I'm gonna get that counted. I feel like those are the tech solutions that are gonna be the hockey stick off the bat because yeah. you don't have to go sell it to SeatSuite because I can buy it on my phone mm. for 20 bucks. Mm. And for 20 bucks, if you can make my life better, it's not, it's not, so it's it's not money. It's not making more money. If you can make my life better for 20 bucks, I'm buying. Yeah, it. then the money it's follows. Just, it's just yeah, happening. Exactly.
2: All right, yeah, so you, you it. hit it though. To, to me, that was the answer there. If you can make lives better, then there's a way to 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 join them together and I, uh, DJ and and Nathan OG Wood and
1: with them. Nathan Wood with them. With them. We, we owe you a dollar. Uh, there's a direct. I think correlation. we owe like twenty <laughs> bucks today. Yeah, just, I mean,
4: they are. There's a direct correlation for like quality of life in the field and, and money. I mean, it is mm-hmm.
1: without a doubt. Well, we talk about all the time. They're the ones that that basically, right? You know, Brian Helm may sign my paycheck, but they're those those are the guys that that make the money for it. Sure.
0: Yeah. 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 And that, that's a really good, that's actually a really good uh, like strategy that we hear from a lot of startups is if you can get it under the P card spending limit, get it on a P card, like that's mm-hmm. purchasing card. So, you know, yep. whatever the like monthly allowances try to break down the cost for the software so that people could just buy it on their credit cards.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I my big gripe is like you know turning your field into data entry and these types mm-hmm. of products where it's like oh, you know we'll sell this into the whatever the cost accounting department and then we'll have all of our field people punch in their cost codes or like type in yeah into, like, terrible you know, idea. You just pissed off your
1: entire (laughs) people. Sorry. I'm
2: going to get on my high horse.
1: You have have a team of 50 people pissing off 750 people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We are not a hockey stick industry because of that. Literally because the first people to enter into this construction technology ecosystem were from the back office ERP that gave me twice as much work as i had before 100 so now i no longer trust you all you do is make me work more and if right. you look at it we we took their paperwork and we doubled it to computer mm-hmm. work and we made them uncomfortable yeah. but
4: people okay. like okay. us are well, changing well, this, that we're, cha- we're changing that the way that works
3: i mean it,
1: so i'm i'm gonna to i'm gonna throw another point out and this i think maybe this is something for jake and, and alice to elaborate on more is to your point jeff we like we get feel people that are kind of tired of of having this shit thrown at them all the time so but at the same time, Jonathan, you mentioned earlier people being fatigued. How do we balance that with trying to be innovative? Cause, cause we can't just, we can't drive, we can't buy stuff and just throw it at the field. We want them to, to be involved. Like, how do we, how do we balance that all out? Because we, we want their buy-in, but that means that they're going to be, every job they might be trying out a new piece of technology.
0: Mm-hmm. I think this is why you go out on the construction site. Like if you're building tech, go out there. Like you would know, like, I've had superintendents that are like, I have to use Note Vault. Like, you know why? Because they hate going on the computer and putting in their dailies and Note Vault takes care of that. So like, when I look at technology, it's like, and technology for the field, right? Like we need technology that is very low touch, like two buttons, two clicks max, like as little clicks as possible. If you can bring sensor tech in, and I am optimistic because sensor tech is becoming less and less expensive, we need to track stuff passively. We don't want Foreman entering information into some digital form or some app. Like, I don't want any of that. Let's just put the damn Bluetooth tags on the materials. So we're excited about, you know, plug for Wynomia. Let's just automate that tracking process. I don't want more people involved. Like let's take, so, like for, for the yep. things that you don't require, you know, QAQC or you don't require, you know, field knowledge, Let's take the people out of the loop and try to bring the technology there. Computer vision tech, like let's try to use that for think, like counting things where, you yeah. know let's reduce the admin work for counting things. But like quality, maybe we do need a human. Like let's leave that, but let's make it so it's, you know, one or two clicks. Yes, no, swipe left, swipe right, maybe, I don't know. Like let's make things yeah. as easy as possible yeah. for the field. Yeah,
4: you know, it's funny cause I've seen people do you know, like the field labor or, you know, in the mechanical, like welders, plumbers, pipe fitters is expensive labor. Right. So I've seen people try to supplement that by bringing more administrative positions into their company, which is completely like the, I mean, you're because the thing is, is those guys in the field, those workers, like you have to have them and you're, you're like, you're adding positions to try and supplement something. It just, I, I like, you know, Jake and I have talked about this before too, but I like the zero admin approach is mm-hmm. is the right way to do it. I mean, so
5: if tech can I, just be a tool. I would love to see that number because I've talked to a lot of people anecdotally, Trent, you and I've talked about it, but like what is your admin, like your true admin costs look like over the last 10 years? And everybody I've talked to's got this gut, like this thing they don't want to admit to. That it's that's the thing that's hockey sticking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's, it's a one to one. It's 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 right. as if they're laying brick, and, and yeah. it really is. It's, it's as that it's, it's as if they're laying brick. We we treat that part of our business as a one to one, and it's truly where scale in most cases can be had. I mean, I'm now representing other things and doing other things because at some point I had a conversation with someone that said, "Why would you want to grow from?" 40 million to 80 million. If you don't lower your back end cost and automate that piece, because mm-hmm. you're gonna lose your profit, and they said, mm-hmm. Well, because shut up. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll listen to podcasts or yeah. <laughs> else that <shut> the <up. laughs> <laughs> relationship is gone.
2: But hey, um, nobody listens to us, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyways, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. But seriously, that's that's you guys just hit on it like they, there's an exponential of scale in certain places. Right. Like we're always going to need installers. We're always going to need welders. We're always, yeah, we can get better at manufacturing. We can get better at industrial. Less of them,
4: yes, but you need the position. Yes. Right. And,
2: and there's a level of, I wouldn't call it one to one because I think, I think automation and robotics and other things can get us a little bit past that. But, but the one place we can all guarantee that we don't need to grow one to one is back office. Yeah.
1: Well, I I might debate that a little bit. And and Jake, you you know, full disclosure, we're we data customers and stuff. And that was one of the things that, that we've gone through was is the admin responsibilities to 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 working with data at early in the early adoption. But you know, if I can purchase, let's say I purchase a piece of software that cost me 50 grand and I can hire a, a an admin person that all all told cost me. 75 grand and their only job is to make sure that that software has all the information that's run, that needs to run. And, but it touches $400 million worth of work. Mm
0: -hmm. Is that
1: not worth it?
2: No, no. So so, Travis, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Alice, go ahead.
0: I would say that that is the company's just under budget. Like they didn't budget for the job properly Uh, to begin with. Like I I don't think we are adding, like there are so many understaffed jobs (laughs) that like you i don't think you're i don't i don't want to
1: i don't want to i don't want to step on you but i i think that in in jonathan and trent maybe back me up a little but we are as a as an industry anything that adds to overhead is a bad thing yep yeah yeah so that, uh,
4: that's, that's that's the me, pr- that's the way they look at it yes
2: right yeah, let me let but let me let me alter this a little bit, Travis, to, to maybe have you have you think because maybe I was I was on my high horse for a second. <laughs> no, that never I, 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 I
1: would I no, love a debate too. So let's kind no of... no because
2: the administration. You're right, actually. The administration of the software, administration of the software, and the new technology is a new position and a new cost. What I'm talking See. about, and when I'm thinking about admin cost, I'm thinking about payroll, AR, AP, people who are literally taking paper putting it into a system, making that pay. So as you grow five okay. more journeymen, you I'm grow another payroll person. And, yeah. right you and ten that's more what I was. Two more. So that's what I was focusing on. And it's funny because like, hey, you know, this is debate, but also listening mm-hmm. is, yeah. I actually was articulating a different part because maybe we're adding a little bit of, of, of burden in a different place, but I think, well, you to can probably, alice to your well, point in my in my my more.
1: rebuttal is not even a real rebuttal i i completely agree with you but in the contractor's mind we're back to the 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 old risk mindset it doesn't mm-hmm. matter it's still yeah, an overhead right. cost mm-hmm. but
2: alice you, you mentioned this right too, but it right? spreads out over how much
1: because guess what my margin will never go
4: up right <laughs> that's right. the mentality so right. the more the, the more my payroll burden is my margin is doing this i can never get above this that that's you have to realize the mentality you're dealing with. I mean, that is, they they don't think you can spend to get more a lot of times. I won't say yeah, everyone, but, but I, I, I guess
0: mean. I'm looking at this more from a per project cost, right? So like for sure. one project say, you know, you're supposed to have a document manager, document control manager. Like you're supposed to have a doc control person. You're supposed to have a project engineer, project manager, blah, 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 right? But it's probably, they are so understaffed that they are not able to get the information out in the field. So I think it's like these projects are just understaffed because people want their margins, right? Like they're like, mm-hmm. Oh no, you only get two PEs. You only get blah, blah, blah. Right. You we're know, asking for without... 16
1: VDC people, but we'll give you four.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's why, you know, that's the whole thing with this whole industry. It's like, you know, we were understaffed to begin with and now like we need technology because we're understaffed, but it's the chicken and the horse or the chicken and the egg thing where it's like, but you need to I Like pay chicken and horse, to-
4: butter. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sick. Yeah,
4: I'm- <laughs> Can, Can we get like that? that? Like <laughs> we should coin that. Hashtag chicken and
5: horse. of <laughs> that vitamin water are you been
4: drinking?
0: <laughs> I don't know. It tastes different over here.
1: <laughs> oh, right. Hashtag this
2: episode: chicken and horse. Oh, chicken and, and horse. horse. Hey, you I know whatever. It. You never know.
1: Well, That's can, a really
4: good point though, uh, I mean.
3: Well, I think that was one of the pluses when BIM started and and I don't know if you guys, I think that Trent and Travis, you can agree. When BIM first started to get paid for, it was paid for out of install hours. So in the mindset of companies that paid for BIM out of install hours, it wasn't overhead. Like it was paid for by labor and that allowed us the money to build those BIM departments. 100% agree. When I work with sure. contractors, yeah. When I work with contractors that budget BIM directly as project costs, they always stop investment. They always stop investing. And when I work with contractors that start out saying, we are taking labor hours from the field and Boom. moving them digitally, they always keep investing. And if they actually can do math, which some of them really can, they go, oh my God, it's three to one. John, it's you know what we do?
4: We budget, you know? we budget coordination meetings that a GC requires us to sit in and that is it. And actually, I charge more when a GC runs, runs coordination.
3: Yeah, everything
4: outside outside of coordination is, that's not a budgetable thing. It's not admin. It is labor. Somebody Mm -hmm. has to do that work no matter what, no matter what. Yeah, for
3: sure. I got to say, I think the funniest thing about all of that is I've been asked for an ROI on every program that I've ever asked to put in except for ERPs because they come from the accounting office. And when you're asked <laughs> to put in an ERP, they don't ask if there's an ROI on it. They're just like, we yeah, like spend just $500 <laughs> billion dollars putting in an ERP and there's there's no, yeah. no return on investment. We're just going to- You do know why? It.
4: Because you made their lives easier. We're back mm-hmm. to the whole thing, right? Yes. Right? You go. yes. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Make people's lives easier and they will buy it.
2: Exactly. I don't know. From my end, it's who holds the purse string too. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> that helps too.
4: Man, this has been fun. All
2: right, we we this are getting fun. close. So, uh we're we're we're, we're a little past our usual. However, this is an awesome conversation. Yeah. I want to give I want to give Alice, I'm going to give you a moment to think about your thoughts. Jake, finish your darn beer and I want you to give us your final <laughs> go, thoughts. Go 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 yeah. on- go <laughs> go. Almost on now. the future
1: alice what's the what's the bar for new investors or new investments what's the bar for uh bar? shotgunning a beer uh <laughs> is gonna be number two. three three
0: it was three seconds fast i don't know, is I don't that know. Considered, actually uh, you know all, what my benchmark is what does cool. that get him i'm like gonna three, i'm gonna
5: go out on a limb right here
1: evaluation up if you can do it i'm gonna go out on a limb right here whatever jake does it in is the bar anybody that beats him gets his money
5: oh, man, <laughs> I love it. all right I am uh, unfortunately don't have an uncracked can. Otherwise, I would totally crush oh. it. And I,
2: I, would, I would encourage investors to not only look at the speed, but look at the fashion in which they open it, They how much they spill, yes. etc. Right, yeah. This is a present- workflow process. Right. It's, quality, presentation. it's not just quantity,
5: is quality. How well yes. they use the key to poke the <laughs> hole in the bottom of the can. Do they even know
2: that the key to the hole, that's all you, part of it?
4: You'll appreciate this, Travis. Look cool doing it, right?
2: That's Hey, we want to thank everybody who listened in today. Everybody who's joined us today. We And Alice and Jake, this has been one of my favorite episodes. We've gone into some really deep topics. We've covered some really, we'll call it controversial. We'll call it uh, uh, near and dear to my heart, at least. So um, I, I appreciate it. Jake, give a little final word. Let people know where they can come find you, too. Like, we're not afraid of that part.
5: Hmm. All right. Well, Jake at projectdato.com or projectdato.com is our website. So um, you'll find me there um, and would love to chat with anybody who wants to talk about uh, making workflows easier and zero administration effort. Trent, that's what all, we're all about here. Zero uh, admin, baby. I'm going to reduce your admin spend, not increase it. So, Yeah, there's few that we, uh, I'm not
2: saying we're getting behind you here as a, as a company uh, or as a group here, but I'm a real I'm really proud of what you guys are doing. It's been really cool yeah. to watch what you guys have been up to. We are big fans. We get to be fans of whoever we want and, and we're <laughs> big fans of you, well, Jake. I, so. I think
1: that I think that's why we wanted Jake on is because with the VC the VC pro VC process and his his kind of I would think somewhat unique origin story was was the fun part and kind of watching it evolve over the last year, year and a half has been has been interesting and fun.
0: Yeah. Now,
5: through yeah. your support, all of your support and Alice's uh, future investment that we were able to make. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so we get a finder's
4: fee, right? Is right. Like a, yeah. uh,
2: Construction dorks finder fee.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, I'll send you our PayPal information. Years. I think
1: that's how you guys do things now. Yeah.
2: Here's my, Venmo. my Venmo. 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 It's Venmo. Okay. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, all right. Like, like 20 bucks. When are you
1: <laughs> <laughs> we get all of course. See, I'll
2: take 20. Six of I'll take, hey, I'll take a six pack I don't care right, right. I don't have high yeah. expectations Six pack We got a 15 minute meeting <laughs>
5: 15 <laughs> minute Nice do nice. Get, nice Well played, <laughs> well played. Now. <laughs> You have
2: credit I mean this is credit
5: That's it Don't finish all that
2: <laughs> No it won't be finished In one evening Alice Before I let you go To brick and mortar And to what you guys do We really appreciate it A lot of us Wouldn't be here In careers That we have if it wasn't for Darren and the forethought and the investment and the the coaching throughout it. So we appreciate having you with us. And I wanna give you a couple of, uh, give you time to talk about you guys before you go and any thoughts, final thoughts on today's episode.
1: First question, um, how do I get a million dollars? Like, is that, <laughs> just, is that just there? Yes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: we'll I talk apologize about we'll call call for so maybe Maybe after the recording. We'll I apologize for all of my co-hosts.
2: Are we still Alice. live? Are we still live? We're uh, <laughs> still live. Evidently, they're not. I got this cool invention.
4: Let me go get it real quick.
2: <laughs> you guys missed it. That's how this goes afterwards. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Alice, thank That's you. Awesome. I, I, we really appreciate everything you guys do. You know, Give a little bit of information before we go for everybody to catch up with you.
0: Yeah. Um, so for the million dollar we actually recommend trying to hold off for as long as you can before raising money because if you venture capital we take your we we take a part of your company mm. so if you take venture dollars you're giving away part of your company so think about that and you know the the further along you can get <laughs> the higher the valuation the less percentage of the company you can give away for more money and that's how we coach entrepreneurs especially if they're you know a little you know un- unaware of how things work and everyone thinks you know you just go out and raise a ton of money right like yes you could do that but you also have expectations for growth blah blah blah. Um, and what was the other question where person? can they
2: find you? Where can they oh, learn gosh. more about Alice? <laughs> is that you go, Travis. God dang
3: it.
0: Um, you can email me, alice at brickmortar.vc. You can also go to our website. Uh, we have like a website submission if you have an idea. So we do early stage investments, uh, seed in series A, whatever that means, wherever in the world you are. Um, I would say come talk to us as early as possible. Uh, we'll work with you. Our team is awesome. I've learned... Everything I know about VC from my team and, and talking to entrepreneurs and, you know, I do nothing before joining. I, I came from construction. Um, so, yeah, our team is awesome. We will work with you if you want to do a spin out, if you want to start a company, if you want to join a startup, if you want to go join a tech forward contractor. Um, I think we have a pretty good network of innovative folks guys
1: right here, I I, I love that you bring that up. I think that's that's one of the things that the dorks is trying to build is that, that, um, I, I made a joke earlier, earlier this week with another connection that I made. Like, I guess I'm the middleware, right. To Jeff's point about being the human APIs, like, we're the, that's what the dorks are trying to do. We're just trying to connect people up to, to bring the industry forward. So thank you for saying that.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Email me, let me know. I'll put you in touch with the right people. I love talking to anyone who wants to do anything cool in the space. I will give you my time. Um, do not do not fear. Send me an email. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm not really on other social media that much.
1: Yeah, you were hard to find on uh, Twitter. I wasn't able to yeah, tag you. Yeah, yeah you didn't I'm not have a
2: MySpace.
4: Being... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was blown
2: Friendster, away by the MySpace. Friend,
0: <laughs> Where <Trent hands>
4: out. <laughs> Is I'm that not, not cool? I'm <laughs> not cool. on TikTok.
0: I think I'm too old for TikTok. No. But nobody's don't, don't say that tiktok, TikTok. <laughs> gen z doesn't use twitter i'm not gen z uh that's flattering nathan <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: i am going to quickly oh. share your email
1: okay some yeah i'm gonna chat? say somebody asked for it
2: yep i'm sharing it right somebody now. somebody wants a,
1: a million dollars within trent Yeah. Yeah, Asking for a friend.
0: (laughs) Send some chickens and horses. I'll send you the address. Chickens and horses. Hashtag asking (laughs) for (laughs) a friend.
2: (laughs) Hashtag chicken and horses. This has been an awesome episode. We thank everybody. You Alice, we think it's based on you, but our views of this one were way up on the thing before. I think we know the truth. You
5: (laughs) delivered. Yeah. Sorry, Jake. Sorry, Sorry, Jake. No, no. (laughs)
1: This
0: This is is awesome. Thank you
5: guys. It's always been about Alice. Let's just give her credit where credit. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, Well, and let's give credit to to everybody who's listening in and to all of us and to Alice and to Jake for joining us because this has really felt like the after hours parties we're all about to get back to. And I swear we're gonna Uh, do this live in the not too distant future. We're gonna all be together. We're gonna have the cocktails together. We're gonna feel the energy of everybody, but we appreciate everybody still listening in and being a part of what it is to be a construction dorks movement. This yeah. has been our episode. Actually,
1: I wanna do one quick shameless plug oh, while wow. we're while we're doing this. Is um <laughs> we are gonna do a wrap-up day, I think on oh, yeah. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yeah Wednesday of the MEP. When what's it called now? What is the it? innovation, innovation, conference. Yeah, innovation, innovation conference. conference. So, so all, 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 of us will be doing all kind of a live wrap up show after the Wednesday of the event. So I don't yeah. want to, I don't want anyone out there. Who's attending any conference,
4: let us know, like, cause mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. might just sign up for it. I mean, you know, like, right. like we're, we're just chomping at the bit to get back. Out.
1: Yeah. And, and, so. and if you're at a conference and you want to do a, a, a hot take, I think it's what the kids are saying these days, a hot take after <laughs> the end of the conference. Let that us know. We can, it, does. Right. it does. We'll wrap yeah. it in. It does
2: sound yeah. bad. And, and Nathan just shared the event. If you guys want, it's the there innovation. Go. Yeah. Co- Definitely go to the event. Definitely MEP go to the event. innovation conference. We will be awesome. your coverage. Yeah. We are shamelessly plugging ourselves that we will join you anywhere because right now we're dying to be there. We just want to do this If anybody else wants my role of trying to wrap this thing up with you crazy dorks, this is like trying to close (laughs) down a damn bar. You ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. (laughs) This podcast is wrapped up. It's been The Construction Dorks, Level 2 Chaos, A Predictable Revolution Never Erupts. Thanks to our guests, Alex, the young and Jake Olson for joining us today. We're out.
1: Thank Take you. Out.
0: Thank you. Nerd!
3: Do, do you, um, do, like, what did you do for a map that was so Jeff, can you just pop it up on the I, screen, man? I can what'd pop you do? it up or pop it up on the screen. Yeah. What do
2: you do?
0: All right
2: she right. it was you guys, Google see, Maps. you
0: guys will see how crazy i
2: am <laughs> it's freaking awesome while she brings it up i have to run and eat i had a i had a meeting that was a half an hour ago an hour and a half. go
0: run and eat go run and be, eat.
2: i'm bringing it back over and i gotta make a old-fashioned
0: oh right on <laughs> i'm definitely so that's what i'm mixing this. up right now not this but yeah this situation um so this is you can see my screen right yep yep this is my strategy doc so i have a public one and then kind of a more internal one with my friends that I'm like updating um, so I have all of the you know shelters vets everything cat free cat feeding frequenting locations as well as like the cat ladies so you could see <laughs> I've found the cat ladies
3: They're like you've not employed AI to narrow down the, the the locations but I would imagine that's just a matter of time. <laughs>
0: So there is, I, I could get there. So there's this um, website called Finding Rovers. So I've put Newton on here. So they actually use, well, they supposedly use image recognition to try to find the faces of pets, matching the ones in shelters and stuff like that. I don't know if it's actually true. I mean, I it'd be fun to like go reach out to them and be like, hey, <laughs> tell me about how your tech works.
3: I did see the, did you guys see the Im, image recognition for cows and pigs? Do you guys see that one? No. I don't think I've seen that one. Okay, so um when they're milking the cows and and then when they're when the cows are in the in the being when they're being milked, they're also being given injections for different things. So they needed to identify all the cows and they were having issues, so they actually wrote a facial recognition algorithm for cows. So as they are brought in, it knows what cow it is and where it is. And then they started doing it for pigs also. I can't remember what in the world I was, I was being told about it because there was an adjacent technology they thought could u- be used for construction. And I just got obsessed with the fact that they knew all of their cows and they were at the point where they were trying to figure out if the cows were happy or sad so that they could <laughs> say, they wanted to say in their advertising, look at the cow's face, know who it is, but also know that the cat, that's a happy cow. That's a happy so cow. that's going to taste better apparently.
2: But,
5: oh, shoot, I got to go grab the bottle. Hang on. But Jake brought me my favorite. He brought you your favorite. Let me sleep in the um, unicorn bed, so I had to do. Something oh. <laughs> <laughs> in the princess bed, whatever that thing was. Oh, Mitcheners,
3: man, I like Mitch. Oh, it's a bourbon.
2: Just- yeah,
1: and it's yeah, their bourbon. bourbon.
3: I always had their rye. Yeah, the I love their
2: rye, but this the is incredible. Yeah, this small batch bourbon is really, really pretty good.
1: good.
5: Yeah, yes. I like that in an old fashioned. You know, you don't need to put quite as much simple syrup in when you throw the bourbon in instead of the yeah. rye. I like it. for me, it's like the perfect uh, old fashioned. But yeah. science is flawed. I'm going with my old standby this afternoon, fellas. Decoors,
1: you gonna shotgun it this time?
5: Uh... <laughs> Dude, how hilarious would that be? All right, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. So anyways, he wants to buy data. Oh. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, some people ring the gong when they get a sale. I <laughs> do Jake, you, got, really you gotta pop funny. up the picture
2: of the mountains on the Coors Light can that you took.
4: One you have, all three <laughs> right, just the whole thing. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. Right. Nice. No, but like, nice. like then it that's will be awesome, better. Jake.
3: Yeah, yeah. It'll be better. Oh Jesus. <laughs> that's good
5: right that's that good. Is good. It's perfect can you For can like you move in front
0: of your face and then like... yeah.
1: yeah Yeah. that is great
5: <laughs> this is all part of the podcast right 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 oh definitely yeah
1: yeah this is getting edited in
3: Yes. It's going to be interesting to see what the live audience is. So you guys know, typically one of those doodlies gets like, you know, 900 views. If I'm that late with it, yours got like 2,500 views. That's all. And typically we get (laughs) like registered (laughs) of, of like, what is it? Like 20 people. And we got like 50 people. No, we
2: get, we get eight. And we know four of them, <laughs> and, them really well, and the other four, we pretty much know. Yeah, and, and, one, of them, over Alice, four. All and
0: one of them is Jake. So it's right. like that. No, and, I, yeah. I think it's Jake. It's all your customers.
5: <laughs> what'd you say,
0: there's eight?
2: No, there's, there's not that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. okay,
1: yeah. right. <laughs> OK, so we, we accounted for three. <laughs> 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 what? I thought it was Jared. <laughs>
4: Well, well, two of the you, customers are already awesome on the podcast show. i that's told right. you we're just we're just gonna razz you until you
5: shotgun that bad well, yeah i brought number two if things go well could be a- <laughs> Nice, world's, world's best dad you don't get that from just sipping your beers you got a shotgun that's right you gotta earn <laughs> that yeah i think so so no new deals for a while then
0: oh uh, we're still making new deals
1: <laughs> are we watching one right now can we just sit back? I was going to say, wait, what's going on here?
2: I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I'm in the market. I'm not saying it got weird, but, but, but
4: <laughs> right. all right,
2: we got, Hey, we got two minutes to live. Yeah. Alice invest
4: minutes. in this.
5: <laughs> how many, how many CEOs you invest in that shotgun beers? Yeah. right. Okay. Probably more than you realize. Yeah, yeah probably. probably.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's that would be a super fun thing to do in our next like when when the world opens up and we can all get together again.
1: Could you see? Oh yeah, right. We'll we'll do right. this
0: live yeah. and it's like I really
1: I really woo! like your presentation, your charts yeah. and graphs are great. Here's a beer. Show me what yeah. you do.
0: I'm gonna you time see.
3: it too. <laughs> time you need to time it. Who's ever threw it first without spilling?
4: <laughs> I just imagine Jake like on Shark Tank and he just points to Mark Cuban and he's like. Cubes, it's for you, man.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> all right,
0: let's
5: do it. So, we got it. See, I'm saying like, Alice is of like she's shot like, gotten a bear's to in her life.
0: <laughs> I'm really bad at it.
2: Um, Introduce yourself. We do ask that you drop colors at the door, so to speak. This isn't a sales. Nobody sponsors us. Nobody gets a win. That doesn't mean you don't talk about where you're from and your background and et cetera, et cetera. Those are all are. things that are a part of you. We don't care. Um, we really don't. It's just not, it's
1: not that, um, it's not a sales pitch, but especially like, like Alice with your background, it would be helpful for some of our people to kind of understand what, what, what your capital do you do? What you know? What is it you would say you would do yeah. here?
2: You know? <laughs> what is? Did you,
0: you mean did I should you do this?
1: Yes. <laughs> no, <you definitely laughs> do that. That's your should be. Daggers eat their young. <laughs>
0: there oh, you go. Oh man, I yeah. Uh, I, I think this explains you know the whole construction tech situation pretty really right, well. Perfect. <laughs> I, I think a good old
2: fashioned dumpster right. fire.
3: Yeah. A